Good evening, Nam, and happy Monday. I have come from my pilgrimage to the store for milk and cigarettes and returned with two strangers off the street to come and eat with us tonight. They can give us no coin for board, but they have stories and music in abundance to fill our house on the show. It's Harley Minogue here tonight with Spinning Around on Area 3000. Thanks for tuning in once again. Before we begin, we acknowledge that we are broadcasting on the land of its traditional custodians, the Wurundjeri people. We respect their past, present, and ongoing relationship with the land for the many, many, many generations to come. Things are looking hopeful again as the nation opens up, which means lots of joy and happiness for some, but for others, including many First Nations people, it's the same bullshit on a different day. I'm serious. I'm not trying to rain on your parade. I don't care if you call it Freedom Day or whatever, you could call it Cunnilingus Day for all I care. Actually, that sounds like a pretty awesome day. But what I do care about are our actions. Are we being mindful and moving forward with a hand outreach to the First Nations people? If we're going to enjoy ourselves, let's enjoy it with them. Consider making a donation to pay the rent or the Victorian Aboriginal Legal Service and help the wonderful folks that provide the much-needed resources for the mob today. My first guest tonight is a DJ from Mian Jin. That's a household name in the city scene with her ass-shaking brand of house, club, and ghetto tech. Once the producer and booker of local festival Sesh and the City, she's turned her full focus towards DJing and has now been on the bill of many a gig in recent times, including as support for artists like X Club, Late Night Tough Guy, Skin on Skin, and Jess War, as well as parties like Femfale, Southbound Sessions, and Hidden Lanes Festival. She's often invited to local stations for Triple Z and Quiver for her high energy selections and is a welcome bringer of vibes anytime she's on the airwaves. My guest is none other than Priyank. Sorry. My guest. <laughs> My guest is none other then Pre, a.k.a. Scaly Moth. Hey, Pre, welcome to the show. How are you going? Hey, thank you for having me. I was about to say that's the best intro I've ever received until that very last bit. <laughs> yeah. <but laughs> thank you. Uh, it, thank you. These intros have been getting much more difficult to do. Um, <laughs> I, I assume that they'd be easier to do as I do this show more often, but it's just, uh, I think I'm getting old. I think that might be what it is. <laughs> Um, That's it. How old are you? I I am twenty. Oh fuck! How old am I? I forgot. <laughs> you know, you know, you're old when you get to an age and you don't remember how old you are. Uh -oh. um, I, I'm twenty seven. And how old are you? Might I ask? I'm twenty six. So two two old people. Ah, right? excellent. Two. You've got one more year until everything just starts going downhill. <laughs> Thank you. I already have pretty bad shoulder pain, chronic shoulder pain. But um. I should probably get that checked out. I think that's from sitting too much. Are, are you in an office job all day? I am in an office job all day. I know that you're an energy analyst uh, and that you are working for the government at the moment. I am. Yes. It's interesting, despite what it may sound like. But yes, <laughs> I am at a desk all day. Well, I mean, it does seem a little stressful um, in terms of, you know, working in energy for Australia of all countries. I don't know how much your contract will allow you to speak about this, but um, <laughs> we'll see. what is your perspective on... Uh, the country's approach to sustainable energies uh, when it has been lauded as one of the worst countries supporting this sort of uh, movement, I suppose. I think they try to avoid acknowledging that it's happening. But behind the scenes, at least in the space that I'm at, everyone knows it's coming. Everyone wants it to come and everyone's doing as much as they can to make it happen. So I think the, the front facing image may be a little bit different for political reasons right? Okay. or whatever reason it is really, which makes no sense. I think at this point now to deny it is bad politically. Mm. I think it's pretty embarrassing from the rest of the world's point of view as well, the way that we're buckling down on this 
fear from setting is good. I mean, I, I'd agree with you. Look, I don't know a lot about politics. I'm not going to lie to you. Everything that I'm about to say is just coming out of my ass. But <laughs> from my perspective, from my very ill-informed perspective, it doesn't seem like they're doing a very good job. Now, when I say they, I don't mean you. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. If, if the face of the government is at odds with the inner workings of the government, being you, um, trying to push forward um, a more of a sustainable policy for the country, uh, does that create a tense environment? Uh, is it difficult for you to actually get any of your work approved or anything like that? No, because most of our work is in confines of regulation anyway. Yeah. All of the federal politics is technically has nothing to do with us because we're an independent government agency. Ooh. The space that I'm in is only electricity, so we don't really do with deal with anything else. But it means that we get to see renewables in the best light because that's what people are actually working with so we're in the forefront of solar and electric vehicles and batteries and really cool shit that is happening they're just not being promoted in a way that they should be i'm excited for electric cars yeah i think it's gonna be cool. they're coming they are they're coming slower than the rest of the world <laughs> but they're coming and we're leading the rest of the world in solar we're leading and solar panels so yeah wow yeah oh, shit. evs are coming and Batteries are coming too, which will be an interesting time. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'm a big nerd, <laughs> and my back hurts. <laughs> I can, I can, I can tell that you have a, a somewhat fleeting interest in this space. But I suppose your passion, uh, which shows from all of the work that you've been doing as Scaly Moth, is in music. <laughs> Firstly, Scaly Moth, very interesting name. Tell me about it. How did that come about? I was at a party. Had some people over um, and was drunk, obviously, trying to explain to people that moths and butterflies do, in fact, have scales. What? They have scales? Yeah, their wings are made up of these tiny little scales, like the dusty things when you touch them. They're all little scales. What? Um, so, and if you wow. touch, if you handle them, their scales are really sensitive. They fall off and they die. So, don't touch butterflies and moths. Oh, um, wow. So, one thing I've learned from year four biology <laughs> this has stayed with you for a long time someone at that party was like oh change your instagram name to scaly moth 69 and the 69 is there for science Beautiful. reasons also of course of course <laughs> 69 is a very important number in the world of uh biology just all numbers yes it's a magic number from what they say <laughs> i've heard yes yes no, not that not that i've ever had sex i i never have sex um i'm <laughs> <laughs> I, I miss sex. Can you tell? Um, I miss sex. Yeah. Oh, no. How, how has your dating life been uh, throughout this whole COVID debacle? Uh, it's been... So, I um I broke up with a long-term boyfriend just before COVID started. Oh, my God. It happened. Shit happens. Uh, so, it took me a while to get over that. Yeah. And it's probably the reason why I started DJing because... We did everything together and like music was something that really unified us. Oh. About six months after that breakup, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like I had just started my new job and I was like, fuck, like I have no idea what's going on. I need to do something back in the music space that I can actually do while COVID is on. Mm. Um, and Quiver was doing a DJ course and that's why I did that. So, um, And it's come full circle because my ex did the Quiver course a couple of months after me, in June this year, we did a back-to-back -back called Decks on the Decks on the Beach, Decks on the Not Beach. Oh well, and it was like really sweet, and it's just it's just come full circle, and we could be friends, and we're still 
that unifying thing, which was always music, is still there. Yeah. Which is friends now. And it, like, yeah, DJing helped both parts of it, which is really nice. That's very interesting. I, I, I was yeah. going to say that having a breakup just before the lockdowns is a bad time. But <laughs> then I thought there never really is a right time no. to break up, really, you know? like There's never a good um, time. It definitely probably compounded the, like, intense feeling of loneliness. Oh, yeah. At the start, especially... Yeah, especially at the start of it, because it was like, oh, shit, I just dumped someone and now I can't see anybody. Am I going to be alone forever? Yeah. Uh, maybe, but I'm not so worried about it anymore. <laughs> Even if you are alone forever, it's fine. I mean- it's fine. It's chill. <laughs> There's porn and some really good vibrators out there. Exactly. People, yeah. if you're ever out there and you're feeling lonely, just buy yourself a vibrator. Satisfy a pro too. <laughs> this is not paid. It's the best one. It's so good. This episode is sponsored by um, yeah. <laughs> the Satisfier 2.0. I think my nickname on a group chat is Satisfier Pro 2. Altogether, the Satisfier Pro 2 is exactly what women want. More intense, quicker, and multiple orgasms are possible. And that's what the Satisfier Pro 2 is famous for. With new sucking clips so- functionality, it's amazing, guys. <laughs> <laughs> take it from <laughs> take it from pre and me um, i should not have told my parents i was doing this interview. <laughs> i'm just not gonna link them that's probably the best thing <laughs> oh well look uh aside from you know using uh your vibrator you know 10 times a day how did you <laughs> how did you actually fight um the loneliness that was i suppose accentuated with this whole lockdown situation did you could you rely on friends um, were they good to you at least oh they were amazing my housemates were amazing and my family as well i spent i spent a lot of time here with them yeah which was nice and that was the one good thing about covid was because of work from home i was able to spend like a week or so at a time here mm. which i hadn't done since i moved out of home three or four years years ago yeah so that was really good um and yeah, I was really, really grateful for my friends. It must be nice for your parents um, to have to have their child back at home as well. I mean, were they an empty nest uh, when you were out of the house? Yeah, they have um, they have dog. Oh, beautiful, beautiful golden retriever moss who will be here at some point when they come back from a walk. Oh, beautiful. But um, and my twin brother's in Sydney, which is a shame. So hopefully mm-hmm. we get to see him for Christmas. He came up for our birthday in june do you have the twin sense do you do you feel when your twin is in danger or <laughs> do you feel no, when your twin we, is sad we often poo at the same time <laughs> every time people ask me that i'm like well Kind of, <laughs> a little bit, but that's it. <laughs> I'm, I'm imagining you sitting on the toilet and you just get this text. What are you doing? Are you pooing as well? Yep, yep. that's that's how it goes. That's pretty pretty much how it goes. <laughs> What's your brother doing over in Sydney? He's a town planner. Um, he is the opposite of me in every way. Um, he is the nicest, most <laughs> genuine, angelic person. Stop laughing. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's just... Yeah, he's just the best. Um, and he does a party and do all those things, but will come to gigs and stuff with me if I drag him. And That's so nice. He's very non-judgmental and is like my biggest fan sometimes, which is really cute because I'm like, I know you don't give a shit about techno, but you're there and you'll you'll listen to it and you'll you'll 
you'll be confused looking, but you'll enjoy it anyway. Now, that, so. that's family. That's what family yep. is. That's for sure. Yeah. So, you're born and raised me and Jen. You're born gonna... in London, actually. In London? Yeah. Wow, cool. When did yeah. you come over? In 2005. So, we were five years old. Yeah. Okay. No, sorry. Ten years old in 2005. Does that mean you got a British passport and everything? Yeah, I got both. Oh, shit. Mad flex. Oh. <laughs> Biggest flex. Are you, gonna, are you ever going to go visit in London? I visited a few times since moving and I think I could live there, mm. but Brisbane's so comfortable and warm and squishy. Like You like the tropical environment? I don't know if it's the weather. Definitely, I t- probably take for granted that the weather is so lovely and there's something really to be said for sitting in the sun for 10 minutes every day. Mm. Yes. Get your tan on, you know, yep. just get all that vitamin D. <laughs> get that D. <laughs> anyway, I can. <laughs> it's the only D I'm getting right can, now. <laughs> can, can people tell we miss sex? This is just, this is really tough. <laughs> this has gone into Area 3000, yeah. the horny chat. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is by far the horniest chat I've had on this show. So. Really? It could get worse. <laughs> it's just the beginning. <laughs> Spe- speaking of horny, though, you... <laughs> you you have DJed for um, one of the horniest parties that I've seen uh, since I've started my clubbing experience. And I'm actually very envious because I've always, whenever I look at videos or photos of these gigs, I'm always like, holy shit, I wish I was there. Are you going to say Femme Fale? Yes. Oh, yeah. Femme Fale. Uh, that energy is insane. Femme wow. brought an energy to me engine that was so lacking. Mm. And I don't know if you know David Homicide. Homos- uh, yeah, Homicide, yes. Homicide. Yes. Um, so that's David and Nisha's baby. And they brought just the most amazing energy wow. into Brisbane. It's I was bitching to Isa about this yesterday, actually, mm. and how electronic music feels a bit gatekept. Oh, yeah. Sometimes. Hell yeah, it is. Yeah. And we went into how club music is so foreign to people here. Really? Just... I think so. I think they're used to that 4-4 techno and they're used to – but there's very little space to listen or play club music. So I remember that when I started DJing and that was the sort of electronic music that I was leaning towards. Yeah, yeah. But nobody around me was playing it and I tried to play Tech House instead because I was like, oh, fuck, my music taste must be shit. What? And then, I don't know, I think David had – picked something in me and was like, you're going to play the next film Fale and you're going to play what you like. Yes. And I did. And I was like, okay, all right, this is, I like this stuff. I like techno and I like all those things, but they've, they've made a space Yeah, yeah. to do other things. And they've made other spaces as well. So they've made um, Motor Crush, which is a bit more gabbery techno, not for me personally, but it's a great space. Kind of high speed um, sort of stuff. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not one for that. It yep. makes me very anxious. <laughs> um, I'm like, no, I don't want to feel like I'm riddling. But it, anyone, yeah, sure, <laughs> like, it's fine if you do want to. That's chill too. <laughs> um, and then they've done fresh meat Sundays, which is like a oh, yeah. sunset to to 10 p.m. type vibe where people can play anything from disco to tech to really whatever. Lovely. But, um, they're really carving out a space in Brisbane. Hell yeah. Which is nice. I have a couple of friends from Mianjin who have told me something very similar to you in that if you ever try to bring in something that deviates from having a kick every four beats, it confuses people and it, and it makes people feel probably the way that you feel at these Gabba shows, a little bit anxious. I think they're changing. I think Brisbane 
just generally has been very insular for a really, really long time. Yeah. So back when I was um, doing like alt rock and pop stuff, mm-hmm. even then it was very insular. Like there was very little space for hip hop, um, very little space for anything that wasn't surf rocky. Really, and that's still the case. So anything, so I, anything non-white, pretty much. Yeah, they're like <laughs> yeah. The, the four boys in a white band. It's very, very Brisbane. We love it. Someone yes. referred to it as share gaze, like shoe gaze, but share house gaze. <laughs> and I like, <laughs> I like that. Um, that's cool. So yeah, that was yeah. Um, but I think Brisbane's a little bit um, more reluctant to branch out of the things that are familiar. Hmm. A space like Femfale is marketed so that people aren't really sure what they're going to listen to, but are still excited about it. Mm. And I wish that was more prevalent in Brisbane because I think they have an idea of what they're going to and if it deviates, they're mad about it. And it's fine to have different tastes in music, but to not even try to experience it, I think, is a bit... Close-minded. It's, it is close-minded. It is. And... Brisbane is a bit close-minded just by virtue of being small and <laughs> not having much representation or it coming up slowly, but it not being there for ages. You touched on your previous life in pop and alt-rock. Now, I do want to talk about that because not only were you the producer and booker of local festival Session the City, yeah. uh, which I suppose was predominantly sort of focused on that sort of style, in 2007, you started a YouTube channel. <laughs> God, the YouTube channel. I thankfully have gone and put all those disgusting videos on private. That's that's exactly right. But <laughs> there is one thing that remains in there that is your about description. Can I read it to you? <laughs> yes. Hey, I'm Priyanka. I fancy myself as a bit of a singing snob. I'm decent, not the best, but admittedly a lot better than most. <laughs> Oh, the audacity of 2007 me saying I'm better than most. How old were you in 2007? <laughs> Where was this confidence coming from? I was 11 or 12. Wow. You had very, <laughs> high, you had very high opinion of yourself. I still do, to be honest. Okay. But, but yeah, I'm laughing because I'm like, I can see myself writing that and thinking, yeah, this is so true. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still singing nowadays at least? I'm singing way less. Um, not because I don't want to. I think I'm trying to figure out where singing comes into my day-to-day. So at the moment, it's just me singing around the house and mm, that mm. sort of thing. Um, and as I forge my path into the whole Ableton thing, I'm trying to figure out how my voice works with that too. Um, but I'm hoping I use it. I probably smoke too many cigarettes as well, so I should stop doing that. <laughs> One thing that I've been a little bit uh, afraid of um, also, having been, I suppose, a musician before going into DJing, is nowadays I'm not, you know, brushing up on my skills quite a lot. You know, even though I have Ableton and everything, it's still just pressing keys and programming. Whereas I'm not really using the motor skills that are required for things like singing and uh, drumming and playing guitar and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I'm starting to get afraid that perhaps I might, at some point, lose those skills, which I'm not really a fan of. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Do you feel like you might lose it? Yes, I think you lose anything that you're not working on all the time. I definitely think my voice was a lot stronger and I had a lot more control of it mm. when I was doing choral singing every Sunday 
and doing jazz lessons and all those things because I was training my voice to to work in a certain way and I was putting that effort in. So with whatever you do, it's only as good as the effort that you put in yeah. to it. Do you feel like you might lose it over time? I mean, are you okay with that idea? It's definitely something that I think about and something more recently that I've been trying to to do more of, even if it's just at even if it's just at home and I'm sitting in my room. Um, it doesn't help that I have not been listening to music that I can sing along to because mm, mm-hmm. you can't really sing along to it. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone can vocalize an acid line, I'd love to hear it. Harder to sing along to. What are your thoughts on even humanity in general? Perhaps moving towards losing those um, classical skills, I guess. Well, things that might be considered classical skills in the future. I don't know. I guess everyone is... I think if you're working at something and it's making you happy, you're doing something, you're still putting your efforts into something, it might not be... You know, might not be playing the violin. <laughs> that's true. But you're still learning. You're still learning something. Yeah, yeah. And something that's going to bring you value. Like, I learned piano for, what, 12 years? And I can't... Play it for shit. Like I can just just about get it. I got I bought like six grades of piano and I just Nothing. didn't care for it. I, just, yeah. I still don't. And I st- I can read music perfectly well and I understand musical theory, but when I sit down and play it, I'm like, I hate this. Yeah, yeah. So much. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting. I had I felt the same way when I was learning piano as well. But even though that was the case, we both have gravitated back towards music because we're like oh, i fucking love this shit yeah and, and part of me almost looks back and thinks like i wish i focused a bit more on piano i have that do you get that i have yeah. that too but i don't know if it, it would make any difference yeah. definitely felt like a chore as a child i don't know if you felt that too oh yeah but you'd have you know there's like the calendars where you'd be like okay i practice for half an hour five days a week and you tick it off and your piano teacher would be like will you do this and i'd just like forge my mom's signature to be like yeah i did it i don't condone forging signatures by the way yeah no um, no don't forge signatures that's a that. very illegal thing to do super illegal <laughs> yes unless <laughs> unless you're trying to get that job secret no i'm just kidding don't yeah, but- <laughs> Um, don't, do yeah, don't don't forge your signature for job seeker. People need that. Um, with DJing nowadays, uh, this has taken up a lot of your life. It has. Do you feel like this is something that you just do every waking hour that you're not doing your nine to five? What, what's the what's the situation with it? I spend a lot of time doing it, and I when I did the course, I I don't know. I think I was a bit stressed by it then as well, not because of the course because that was run really really well. But because of the school setting, the the school setting, um, like the, the like the setting of being in class. Oh yeah, Ugh. yeah. Like that was just me entirely. Not it had nothing to do with the course, right. but that stressed me out, and I was like, oh, I have to be really good at it. And then after I finished the course, because I wasn't very good at it, I bought. I I wasn't. I wasn't. I like. I didn't get it, <laughs> but I got a. I got a DJ four hundred, which I still use. Right. Um. And I would just practice every mm-hmm. few days a week until I did my first live stream at the Quiver um, and then kept going from there. But then I, it, I, if for the first time in ages, I felt like I was actually trying to do something that I wasn't naturally good at. Oh, 
Right. Um, and usually I just give things up, like roller skating that I tried for two months last year <laughs> and a myriad of other things that I <laughs> have given up. How long was this course that you did at Quiver? Four weeks. So they're still running them. And that was the first course that they'd ever run. How can you expect anybody to be able to mix competently oh, after four weeks? That wasn't the expectation. It mm. was to to get people comfortable on the on the deck and to understand um, a little bit of phrasing and a little bit of that sort of thing. And mm. Like those set, they definitely set up the foundations um, and then from there it kind of set in the way that I wanted it to. But it's been really nice to see the other people who did the class with me and see the type of music that they DJ and the events that they're playing at too and how we're different but still together. That's cool. Um, so that's really nice too because we all learn from the same person and with the same material mm. and all doing really different things, which is nice. Quiver seems like a really cool station. It's the best. <laughs> I know that I know that you have a very soft spot for them. Uh, yeah. A lot of the people that I'm following right now, for example, Personal Growth, Damila, uh, a lot of the Pocket Moth people as well, they've had yeah. they've all had some sort of contact with Quiver. What is the deal with Quiver, actually? Can you tell me a little bit more about it? Um, so they set up last year very conveniently during COVID as a streaming space and have just expanded from there um, to doing lessons. Um, I did an Ableton course through them as well that Jesse from X Club ran. Um, so that was like, I didn't realize at the time how lucky I was because there were only two courses. that. Um, but So they ran that too, and I'm sure they They'll run others, even if it's not Jesse taking them. Mm -hmm. um, they have just partnered with a lot of different people around Brisbane um, to get DJing to be more representative of actual people in Brisbane. Yeah. Um, because it was a bit inaccessible before that. And I think they're, they're making it as accessible as possible. Mm. Um, I think that's cool. And thing. giving... And not making it scary because, I don't know, before that I always was like, oh, a DJ is just some white dude who is playing something shitty um, and would never give you the chance to even try. <laughs> and Quiver <laughs> has given everybody that space yes. um, in, a really, in a really nice way. And they, they put people up at uh, quite a few different venues um, that they have oh, lovely. partners with to give you that practice. Um, playing in front of people. Um, was that where all this uh, these gigs that you've had with X Club, uh, Late Night Tough Guy, Skin on Skin, is that where that all came from? Or Some of them have. Yeah. Um, Skin on Skin also ripped because it didn't happen because we had that one week of lockdown yeah. and it's been cancelled, which is real bum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, I've gotten over it. But um, some of them are. So uh, the Late Night Tough Guy one was through Quiver because mm. um, they're doing a whole – um, a stage at that party. Um, mm -hmm. Then oh, this hasn't been announced yet, but it will be announced by the time this airs. Hopefully, it's supposed to announce tomorrow. But Yonder Festival, um, and that's on the Quiver Quiver stage. Nice. They definitely look out for for their people. Holly obviously listens to everybody who comes through, so she, I think she takes note of people who are putting in the work and coming and supporting the rest of the community as well but so it's it's really nice um what time are you playing yonder festival do you know i am playing at i think 1 to 2 30 on the saturday afternoon Whew, 
It's a lovely is, time. Sunshine. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to play. I've had people tell me. <laughs> um, Dos Fang's DJ. I don't know if you know of him. but Dos Fang? Yeah, he's hot shit. Um, and he's kind of like my DJ dad. Ooh. But um, he was like, Pranko, you better not play over 125 BPM. And I what? was like, fuck you. I'll do what I want to. Exactly. At do 2 what you PM, want. I might play 140 BPM and you can suck it. But um, I won't. Because it's daytime at a very happy festival. <laughs> but <laughs> I might. Yeah, I, I reckon if you ever have the, if you ever have the fortune of playing a festival gig, I feel like that that is the one space, um, aside from like some party clubs, and even even at parties and clubs, if you're playing the opening set, yeah, if you're playing like. Uh, jungle <laughs> at at like ten p.m. Then it's probably not going to fly that well. But like, yeah. Um, I feel like festivals, that's the one place where you can just do what you want. I you think know? you're given a bit more rain to do. Yeah. As long as yeah. it's as long as you're making people dance and they're happy. It's exactly. All you need. Exactly. Um, do you have do you have a strong need to make people happy? I think so. I think I like seeing people happy. Well, I don't I don't think most people like seeing people miserable. Oh, some people. Um, do. <laughs> uh, well, I like seeing people dance. Yeah. And um, I get really irritated when I'm at a gig that's, like, quite high energy and people aren't dancing. But I understand that that's not how everyone expresses themselves. Mm. But when I hear most music, I can't help but dance. And you can't see me, but I'm dancing right now (laughs) to my own voice. (laughs) Um, But so I like like to see that in people because it makes me feel like they're feeling what I'm feeling when I play, which is happy as shit mm-hmm. so yeah i guess happiness we've had to prioritize that a lot when you know lockdowns been happening recently as well you know yeah i i personally you know have also gravitated much more towards this sort of shit because it makes me happy now that we don't have that same liberty of you know seeing and doing things when we want to uh we have to look everywhere I mean, I've been what I've watched that many shows on Netflix. <laughs> I've listened to that many albums. I've made that many mixes. Uh, Squid Game, brilliant. I like I like Squid Game. I've, Squid Game. I've Squid. only watched one and a half episodes because I'm a bitch. But I'll, I'll do it. I'll get there. There's a moment in the in the show where you'll cry a lot. I've heard that. That's my favorite part. <laughs> the bit where you cried. <laughs> of course, <What>? of course. <laughs> I'm a sad dude. I'm okay. a really sad person. No, I'm not. I'm I'm, I'm quite. <laughs> I'm quite chill. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm really sad. Okay. I haven't had sex yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, it's been very, very lovely to meet you, um, finally, after all this time. Um, Likewise. Thank you so much for making the time to chat with me today. Let's get into this mix here. Do you have any uh, secrets or special items that you would like to bring to our attention before we go into it? Basically, for anyone who's not listened to a mix of mine before, they can be quite varied. There's quite a lot going on. Um, and I did this mix in one take because I'm trying to – I do this thing with a recorded mix where I will do it over and over again and will fuck up something different every time. And by the last take, I hate it. I hate all the tracks on it. I hate my mixing and I'm like, fuck this. Yeah. So this one I did in one take. And was like, okay, I like it. I like every track on it. Um, Hell yeah. Haven't listened to it until I hate it. So that's amazing. And I have, but there's one unreleased track in there by Itty from Pocket Moss, which. Um, oh, lovely. 
I hope you enjoy listening to. Yes. So, and a big shout out to all my Brisbane homies because yeah, yeah. there's a couple of Brisbane in there. There's um, Stacey oh, yes. um, in there and Mutant Joe in there too, yes. who I love and who I'm actually probably quite obsessed with and have put Mutant Joe in every single mix I've ever done. So I'm sorry, Aiden, <laughs> that I talk about you so much, but that's how, that's how I feel. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, lovely. Yep. Thank you once again for this interview. I hope you've had fun. Have you had fun? I have. I have. I hope you did too. And I hope my word vomiting wasn't bad. Well, actually, this is by far being the worst interview I've ever had. Um, <laughs> I, I, I unfortunately hate you for, for wasting my time like this. But <laughs> No, sorry. Have you had fun though? I did. I really did. Okay. It was, I felt very at ease, which is why I shared so much. <laughs> oh, good. Excellent. <laughs> Well, good. I, I hope at the very least that your dating life improves um, from this point onwards. Thank you. Thank um, you. Me too. Yes. If I uh, get a boyfriend in the next week <laughs> or on Tuesday after this airs, I will have you to thank. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Look, for all the single people out there, please try your very best. Put your best foot forward. Uh, put on your best suit. You know, And whatever. get a Satisfier Pro too if that doesn't work. <laughs> Just give your Satisfier Pro to a name and yeah. just call it a day, hey. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Never hurt you. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, people, thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, please stay locked onto Area 3000 because at 7pm we have Anne Averin calling in all the way over from London, UK. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. You've been listening to Spinning Around with Hailey Minogue on Area 3000 playing Scaly Moth right now. Woo. Woo. All right. Woo. All right. All right. So can I press? You can. You can. <laughs>